Well, welcome home. We are so glad to be here this morning with you guys, and you're going to hear me say that phrase, welcome home. It's, we're not done saying it. It's plastered on our wall in the lobby. It's our heartbeat here. We hope you feel at home. We hope you feel welcomed. We hope you experience the love and the tangible presence of God this morning, his heart for you, his goodness towards you. <clears throat> and while we're saying welcome home this morning, we believe more than anything that God is saying welcome home. And we believe that he's saying it with more passion and more gusto, with more expression than we are. God's posture towards us is welcoming us home. Wherever we are, wherever our journey of faith looks like, God is always calling us home. This morning we're going to take a look at um, Luke chapter 15 in scripture, but... And in there, we're going to see why God welcomes us home, and we're going to take a look at that. But before we get into the word this morning, just want to acknowledge today's a special day, grand opening in a first building that we own as a church family, and um, it's special, and you're here, and, and we're so glad that we're all together in this space. And I um, don't want to let this moment pass without honoring some people and thanking some people in a similar way that I did last weekend for soft opening, but feel so impressed to do it again today. You know, moments and seasons don't like this don't just happen out of thin air. There's been many years of many people praying and serving and giving to come to a special moment like this that we can all celebrate together. And so I just want to acknowledge that for a minute. This morning, I just want to honor and thank there was 34 adults and 17 kids that almost six years ago heard of this vision of this church called Alive and there was nothing to show for it other than vision and having faith in that vision. Um, and we were either really crazy or full of faith to do what we did. And I just want to say if you're part of the launch team, if you were part of Alive before Alive really even started, thank you. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for meeting in a basement for launch team meetings and clinging hold to what God was doing without a building, without people, without anything but a vision. We would not be here today without your faith. And I want to honor you for that and thank you for that. I want to shout out those who have been a part of the church since the Scranton days. For the first two and a half years of the church, we were a set-up and tear-down church at Scranton Middle School. And everything that the church owned fit into 18 cases. 18 carpeted cases on wheels and we would wake up early and church meant sweaty like sweaty and church meant the same thing and so if you were part of the church in those early days where you woke up before the sun woke up and you brought two pairs of clothes to church because you sweated through the first one setting the church up and then you didn't want to be stinky when you were serving people we wouldn't be here without you thank you for serving when it was not glamorous when it was sweaty and full of grit and hard work, we wouldn't be here without your faith and without your perseverance, so thank you. For those of you that have connected with the church heart and soul during the whole crazy COVID season where we were without a home for seven months and then for the last couple years at the Howell Building where you didn't know but we were renting month to month but God was faithful, praise the Lord. <laughs> thank you for linking up heart and soul, for having a kingdom robust attitude and and um, we wouldn't be here today without you 
as well. So I just want to say thank you. Today's a special day that doesn't just come out of thin air. It's been many years of many people praying and many people serving and many people giving to say, God, we want to create a space to welcome people home. And if you're joining us this morning for the first time, we'd love for you, and you're looking for a church home, we'd love for you to be a part of the story that God continues to write. And as we continue to welcome home more people, here's what we believe with all of our heart. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. This church is Jesus's and he is building it and we are truly and honestly just trying not to get in his way. Let's pray and then we'll open up the word together. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for building your church as you promised to. Alive, a small expression of your church here in Livingston County. But you're so excited and so much more passionate about welcoming people home than we are. And so God, we thank you for your goodness. We celebrate your faithfulness. We thank you that this is your sanctuary, your place where we can decide to come together and worship you together. And so, Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, help us understand what you mean when you say, welcome home. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So proud of myself I'm not crying because if I start crying, I don't stop crying. And you don't want to see that. Luke 15. We're going to take a look really at the whole chapter. And it's smack dab in the middle of some of Jesus' teaching. And so let's pick it up at the very beginning. Luke 15, we see the context or the setting of Jesus' teaching. In Luke 15, 1 through 3, I'll read it from the message translation. It says, by this time, a lot of men and women of questionable reputation were hanging around Jesus. And they were listening intently. The Pharisees and the religion scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. They growled. It take, he takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. They growled at each other. Their, grumble, their grumbling triggered this story. And so here we have this setting, and, and Jesus is hanging around people with questionable reputation. That translates better than tax collectors and sinners, because we don't know what that means. But at that time, they had a questionable reputation. They weren't people that a religious leader should be hanging around with. And we've taught this a lot on Sunday mornings. But like we could camp out just on that phrase all morning. There was something about Jesus that people of questionable reputation, a lot of the scriptures translate, um, this one says that they were hanging around Jesus. A lot of other translations say that they drew near to Jesus, the tax collectors, the sinners, the people of a questionable reputation. They liked Jesus, and they wanted to be around him. They drew near to him. They were listening intently to what he was saying. They weren't threatened by Jesus. They didn't feel judged by him. They felt welcomed home by Jesus. And scripture doesn't tell us why. Like, why? Did he have a bag of suckers? Or like, what did he have that they wanted? Was he giving out free Starbucks gift cards? What was it? I believe that it was because he was so full of love. I think that these people felt his genuine love. And I think they felt that he was the real deal. And so he was dishing out truth. Like he was talking about sin and holiness and hard things. But he was so full of love and he was so the real deal and he didn't judge them. He had arms wide open to them. And so they came to his table and they were hungry for whatever he was serving. Amen. 
And in stark contrast were the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. The people that got irritated with Jesus the most were the religious leaders. They were irate. They growled, this translation says. They didn't like his welcoming home posture towards all people. And so they said, what are you doing sitting at this table with these people? Can't believe it. And Jesus answers their question with a story, which is what he normally, which he often did. And he answered it with actually three stories, which is what we're going to talk about all morning. The whole book uh, or, or chapter of Luke 15 is Jesus answering the Pharisees' question, why are you welcoming home all of these people who have questionable reputations? And Jesus said, let me tell you why. And he tells three stories. We're going to talk about those three stories this morning. The first story is right after the scripture we just read, Luke 15, 5 through 7. I'll go ahead and read it, and we'll talk about it. It says, Jesus goes on. So the Pharisees say, why are you doing this? And this is how he responds. He says, suppose one of you had 100 sheep. And you lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one lost until you found it? And when found, you can be sure that you'd put it over your neck and you'd rejoice when you came home telling all your friends and all your neighbors, celebrate with me because I found my lost sheep. Count on it, Jesus says. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in need of rescue. That's why I'm sitting at this table. That's why I'm welcoming home these people of a reputation that you don't like. So why does God welcome us all home? First thought this morning, because you are loved. Because he loves you. He loves me. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord has appeared to me of old saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you in. I don't know if there's any parents in the house, but if you go to the store with your kids and they're not in the cart or on a leash, don't tell me if you use a leash. We don't use leashes. <laughs> but if they are free to roam, there's a chance that you could lose a kid, right? And if you're at the store and you lose Johnny, halfway through the trip, you're like, where'd Johnny go? Oh, well, at least I got Debbie and Betty with me. Let's just go to the checkout line. <laughs> if you lose just one child that you love, you're running around the store like a crazy person. You don't care what you look like. You don't care who people think that you're sitting at a table with. You love that one person so much that you're going to do whatever it takes to get the one that's lost because you're not satisfied that you still have the two right? That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, what do you mean? Why am I sitting at this table? Yeah, there's already, Jesus is saying, yeah, there's already a lot of people at my table, but they're not all here yet. They're not all here. So I'm going to go run around the store and find the ones that are lost, even if it means sitting at a table with people with a bad reputation. Amen. So why does Jesus, welcome us home. Why is today's message, welcome home? Because he stinking loves you. Jesus is saying to these religious leaders, you know why I'm sitting here with these imperfect people? Because I stinking love them, all right? I want to make sure they know their way home. 
I've got a lot of people that know me. I've got a lot of people at my table, but these ones are, aren't at my table yet. And I want to make sure they know that I love them. I want to make sure they know that they're welcomed home. I'm not satisfied till all my kids are safe around my table. So I want to ask you, will you allow yourself to believe this morning that God stinking loves you? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe how deeply you're loved? Do you believe that you're at the store with Jesus? He'd go looking for you until he found you. Celebrate when he brought you home. Jesus uses this illustration of a, a shepherd with his sheep oftentimes throughout scripture. Another um, place that he mentions this illustration of sheep and shepherd, referring to himself as a shepherd and his people as the sheep, is in John 10. I want to read another scripture for you. In John 10, 11, and 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. So this morning, why does God welcome us home? Because he loves us, and because he knows us. He knows where we're hiding. If you guys have kids and you can't find them, you usually, like if the house goes quiet, you start looking, right? If the house is loud and people are screaming and tackling, it's all right, they're all breathing, they're fine. But when the house goes quiet, you're like, what's happening? <clears throat> and for me, I know where to find my kids because I know them. I'm gonna go find them, but I'm gonna, I know where to look because I know my kids right? If it's just the boys home and the house is quiet, I'm going first to the basement to see if they're playing Madden. And if they're not playing Madden, then I'm going to go look and I'm going to text my neighbor and say, are they in your backyard? Because I know my kids, right? Jesus knows us. He knows our tendency to drift. Eric mentioned today's Palm Sunday. So over 2,000 years ago, today was the day that God's people were shouting him down and laying down the palm branches as palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, God, you're awesome, Jesus, we love you. And then a week later, they were shouting, crucify him. Jesus knows our ways. He knows us. He knows our tendencies. He knows the places that we go to hide and to numb the pain. He knows the roads that we take when we get distracted off of the main thing. He's well acquainted with us, and he knows where to find us. Because he loves us and he knows us. Amen. So I've kind of already given you part of point two. The next thought, why is Jesus welcoming us all home? I don't care if you've been in church for 50 years. We all need to come back home sometimes. The second thought is, you are known and valued. Why is God welcoming us home? Why is he sitting at the table? Because he knows us and he values us. Jeremiah 1.5, Jesus God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. God knows us better than we know ourselves. If you're confused about yourself, you can ask God because he knows why. He knows us. He knew us before we were even born. That scripture goes on to say that he has marked off and written all the days of our life. He knows us. He's in intimately acquainted with us. He knows the number of hairs on our head. Amen. He loves us, and he knows us, and he chooses to still love us. Amen? There's 8 billion people on earth today, and God is big enough and has enough capacity to know all of us intimately and to love us all individually. 
I have this little awe-inspiring video <clears throat> that I'd love to share with you guys here in just a moment to just expand our awareness of God's expansiveness and, his, and also his finiteness when it comes to how well he knows us. Would you guys turn your attention to the screen and I'll be right back. Wow. Y'all feel like you just went to science class? <laughs> How can you watch something like that? I mean, it would take more faith to believe that there's not a God after watching that than to believe that there's a creator behind all of that order and design and detail. God is so expansive, yet he's so finite, and he knows us. He knows us. His capacity is so much more than we can fathom. Amen. The shepherd knows his sheep, but then that scripture, I don't know if you caught that, scripture also said that we can know 
and are, and are known by his own. It says that the sheep can know the shepherd. God welcomes us home not only because he knows and loves us, but because he wants us to know him. We saw it during the pre-roll video, John 17, 3, and this is eternal life that they know you. We can know God, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Part of our mission as a church is to help people know God personally. Isn't it amazing? The God of the universe, the God that created all of that, can be known. We can know him personally. That's what eternal life is, to know him, that scripture says. So God's welcoming us home because he loves us, he knows us, and because we're valuable to him. So Jesus, um, the Pharisees were all, had their panties in a wad because he was sitting at the table with all of these people with a bad reputation. And he says, all right, you want to know why I'm sitting here with them? Because if you had a sheep and it was lost, you'd go get it. He, and, and then Jesus says, and you know what else? And he says this next story. Or imagine a woman who has ten coins, loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends and her neighbors and tell them, celebrate with me because I found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw in heaven every time one lost soul turns to God. Jesus says, that's why I'm sitting at this table. That's why I have a posture of welcome home. You are deeply loved and treasured by your creator. And as a mom of three kids, I've heard moms say the same thing, but when you see your kids, it's like your heart outside of your body, right? Because you value them and you love them so much. You are God's heart outside of his body. He loves you and he values you like a parent does a child. You know, in the real estate market, People say that a house is worth what someone is willing to pay. People are willing to pay lots of money lately for houses. You say, how do you know that I'm valuable? How do I know that God thinks I'm valuable? Because of how much he paid for you. He, he tells you how much he values you based on what he's willing to do to be with you. And he gave it all. Jesus gave up everything. He left his nice cushiony throne in heaven in paradise where there's no pain or sickness or sorrow. And he came in the flesh to this diseased world, this messed up world, to be with us. God with us, right? And he gave up every, everything. He willingly went to the cross. He could have called down the armies of heaven but he willingly let his creation murder him. He willingly went to hell in our place. There's nothing else he could have given. It's and he did that all without knowing if we were going to say yes. He's put, he said, I'm putting it all out on the line. Like that guy who's just in love with that girl and doing all kinds of stupid stuff and he doesn't know if she's going to say yes. Jesus laid it all out on the line paid it all without knowing how we would respond to him. So he's saying, I welcome them home because I value them. I've given everything to be with them forever. Amen. The last story, Jesus says, says the Pharisees, yeah, you know, this is why I'm at the table. He says the story of the sheep and the shepherd, and then he tells the story of the coin. And then he says one more parable in response to the Pharisees growling. And it's the story of the prodigal son. 
And we can see from this story, the third thought, the third point, is that why is God welcoming us all home? It's because his arms are open to us. Luke 15, 11 through 13, Jesus tells another story in response. And worship team, you guys can come on up in a minute here. We're going to just have a song of response to the word. Luke 15, 11 through 13, then he said, Jesus is talking and he's telling a story. He says, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, father, I want right now what's coming to me. Give me all my money now. And so the father divided up the property between them, and it wasn't long before the younger son packed up his bag, left for a distant country, and there, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. So Jesus starts telling the story. He's like, you want to know why I'm sitting at this table with all of these people with a bad reputation? He's like, it's like this son, and he tells a story. This father's got two sons. One was well-behaved, and one was not well-behaved. Took everything the father had and wasted it all. And then once he came to his senses, and the story goes on in Luke 15, 17 through 21. Then when he, the son who wasted everything, finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. The youngest son said, I will go home to my father and say, father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on just as a hired servant. I know I'll be warm. I'll know I'll have food. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a ways off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, the father ran to the son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to even be called your son. He's saying, I'm just hungry. I just need a dry place to sleep. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the, in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have fattened. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. So remember, Jesus is telling this story in response to the Pharisees being mad that he's at the table with these people with a bad reputation. And the Pharisees are like, why are you welcoming these people home? And Jesus said, my arms are open to them. I'm sure when the sun, is my mic ringing, am I okay? Um, I'm sure when the son came home, he didn't know how the father was going to receive him. Have you ever been there before? You know you've made choices you shouldn't have. You know you lived in a way that you shouldn't have. You know X, Y, Z but you've decided to come home, start making steps home. And you're like, I'm not sure how I'm going to be received, but I know this is where I need to go. You know, the father could have been angry, could have been stewing, could have shamed the son. Do you know how much, how hard I worked for that money that you just plundered? Could have shamed him. Could have turned his back on him. Sent the servants to go kill him. The dad could have made the son jump through a bunch of ho hoops. Yeah, you can be back, but you need to prove that you're trustworthy. So why don't you be here for a little while before I really open up my arms to you? The dad could have disowned the son, made him a slave. The dad could have mocked the son. Are you serious? You think I'm going to let you back into this house after what you've done? It's not our father. 
The Pharisees wanted Jesus to act that way towards these people he was at the table with. Jesus said, no, my arms are open. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, is what the word says. I have a welcome home posture, Jesus says. Jesus is saying, I am ecstatic to welcome you home because I love you, because I know you, because I value you, and my arms are open wide to you. We've all been the prodigal son. I don't care if you've been a Christian for years or you've been avoiding church like the plague or maybe like your spiritual journey is like a roller coaster. We all have moments like Peter where in one moment we say, Jesus, your Lord, and the next moment we deny him. We are all in so much need of love. We are all in need of undeserving grace. We are all desperate to run to a God whose arms are open wide to us. We are all welcomed home. Like Eric said, no perfect people allowed because we are all a work in progress. And we have a God who's crazy about us, very patient towards us, abounding in grace and love towards us. Just a moment, I'm going to have the worship team just go back into that chorus of the reckless love of God. We like to just end service with a moment to pause. I've shot a lot of scriptures at you guys, a lot to ponder. I want to encourage you in these next couple moments, you can stand and, and sing of the love of God. You can sit and ponder. Maybe you need to have a conversation with the Lord about, God, why, why am I resisting your love? What's, maybe you and God need to just have a conversation. This altar area is always open if you're like, I just want to get away from the people I'm sitting by and come up front and have a moment silent with the Lord. I want to encourage you in these next couple moments as we sing about God's love, Maybe you just need to receive his love. Maybe you've been stiff-arming God for a season, and maybe in this next moment you just need to say, all right, God, I, I receive your love. I just receive it. Thank you. Amen. Would you guys stand if you're comfortable? And let's have some moments with the Lord.